0: resisted the temptation of Nelly Furtado last week and kept Outkast as his series winner.
1: And not even the charms of both Ricky Martin and Christina Aguilera could shift JLo as Scott series winner.
0: so welcome to the naughtiest naughty uh man, mcgurdy here not corona flu i've just got an actual cold we,
1: yeah we've, we've we've checked he's fine he's okay yeah yeah yeah. i'm still not coming anywhere near you no maybe <laughs> in that
0: episode of friends so i might sound sexier for the next 60 minutes or so mm. but you know keep your pants on keep your pants off nothing talking sexier you, than Liam. phlegm no i'm not at that <laughs> luckily i'm not at that phase yet i'm very nasal and i've got a beard and blowing your nose with a beard is not Ooh. the most attractive thing in the world it is not Ugh. good so yeah it's not great well, welcome to the naughtiest <laughs> naughty it's not a about noses it's not about um, colds and flus <laughs> we're we're on the search for the best pop song of the naughty's decade do you know what it is no you don't because actually it's such a difficult decade to navigate through because so much happened music got really good we then got illegal bits coming in from uh, you know le- illegal download sites so everything kind of changed a little bit in the naughties but we're still confident that one of the best pop songs ever is there and it might be naughty it might be nice we'll find out but we're predicting it's naughty so it's the naughtiest naughty
1: it but- has to be it has
0: to so every single top 10 single we're navigating through we've completed 2000 and we are well
1: into 2001 where are we liam we are in today the middle of march going into april we're actually spanning a whole month's worth of tracks here because uh, there wasn't a lot of new entries could it be to do with the fact that there was one track that dropped and basically exploded the entire music industry
0: potentially potentially potentially
1: yes we'll we'll get there very very soon we as always love hearing from you your voice notes comments emails we heard from Ryan last week who'd been catching up and getting up to speed I feel like Ryan is now fully on track and he sent us another message uh,
2: here he is this is Ryan alright guys another banger of a week I mean god that's like 3 out of 5 now all timers it's crazy but honestly this this discussion about it wasn't me it's always been such like a fun meme song to me but can you take it at face value or does that make it bad regardless because you know it's always one of those songs that people love on a night out people love to sing they know at least the chorus and it's always seemed so Silly to me and so far fetched and kind of a parody of itself. I mean, those confessions are like so daft you can't really help it. But can you divorce it now from this new context now that you've kind of had this discussion? And Aggie like said in that Vice interview, it's kind of put things into a bit of a new light to me. I still think it's a really catchy song, really good production, but. Yeah, it's kind of, hmm, I guess that's kind of the point of this podcast, like you said, to get these new context on things. One thing that I haven't changed my mind on, though, is I'm Like a Bird. It's so soulful. It really does take you away like a bird, like you're flying off. It, the backing and the instrumentals are so lush. It's got that wanderlust feeling. And she does say at the end of that chorus, all I want for you to know is... Uh, I really dig that Gorillaz track as well. It's so and but chill. It's got a genius production as well, but I think that really set the tone for what was to come and dying for Nightmean 2000 as well. I've been trying to play a bit more in depth, you know, I'm really digging the Manic songs as well from last week. Uh, yeah, so I'm just, I'm looking forward to more opinions of, of songs that I wouldn't have expected to be really good to sort of come onto my radar, which I'm, one of the best parts of this podcast is kind of finding the things that you totally forgot about or discovering totally new things, which is always really pleasant to have. So I think my win is definitely I'm Like a Bird this week, but another banger of a week all around. So, a lot to unpick there. We, of course, spent a long time
1: on Shaggy last week and us being the woke police, uh, of course, took it at face value as Ryan says that maybe some don't take it at face value he called it silly far-fetched a parody of itself yeah you've mm. had a week Scott Is your, is your mind changed I, I can see I'm, I'm kind of
0: more in the camp of ha. yeah it's meant to be funny but there is a massive element of me that is sitting there thinking hold on a second they were they were pretty much showing off that actually you know you can get caught and there's still something about me makes me think that was a lifestyle and that is a lifestyle for some lads Mm -hmm. and they think that this is how you have relationships with people and the whole thing is don't get caught and that is exactly the whole motto and I'm like okay interesting
1: yes but he is team Nelly which is what I'm here for which I'm loving to hear uh, also this one from Tabi. she says that she, b- before the episode even came out she said it, she was pretty sure that uh, it wasn't me by Shaggy was her winner this week I wonder if she's changed after our conversation oh, or whether she's I... still very much I
0: don't know Well, I, let us know Tabby let us know what's changed I was thinking in all fairness whenever I saw it coming I was sitting thinking oh yeah this is a big one um, and then I did when I've listened to it and tried to be objective I have changed but Jonathan on Twitter said that Find that soul is such an underrated manix track great opener to the album know your enemy mm. we've loved manic stuff haven't we on reflection
1: yeah this week i on just on friday going to work i found myself on shuffle on the playlist which you can find on spotify and that one came on and i was just like shit i probably didn't give this the credit it deserved mm. i still think it's pseudo-intellectual bullshit yes but as a bit of thrashy grunge I'm for it. I'm
0: about that, yeah. Really good. And then Mark on Instagram, Mark with a C, said uh, Shaggy, best of a bad
1: bunch Ooh, Ooh that's Ooh. controversial i thought it was a pretty strong week last week yeah it's different this week <laughs> it's quite different uh, and your winner scott last week was ricky and christina and jerry with a Jane in instagram she agrees it's her favorite of the week there's been some raised eyebrows about your choice i've had people in my messages saying really pick that or i'm like a bird i know yeah well it's because of the impact mm. the physical impact that it had on me yeah and actually most
0: of the week whenever we've done our Twitter polls and our little our little competition, it was leading the way for a good 90% of the week, which I was surprised at because yeah. I thought it was, it was a very personal, very personal selection and I think it's very easy to write it off if all you've done is hear the hook that we've played within the podcast. Mm. You need to go and experience the song and not surrounded by other things, just go and listen to it and feel it and it could do the same thing but you know it is it was very much preference and an experiential track for me last week
1: everything you'll need if you want to take part in the show is in the comments of this podcast also our playlists if you want to hear the tracks and see the tracks in advance i recommend you do as scott just says it's good to hear the whole thing get a full experience not just our little 30 seconds yeah search the naughtiest naughty on spotify and youtube to find those but coming up on today's episode stereophonics and craig david are back not together but wouldn't that be amazing scott wouldn't that be a really great combination stereophonics and tom jones worked Did. can't see why a bit of ukg wouldn't uh, and a dance music hidden gems of the week come from chocolate puma and MS.
0: plus we'll hear
1: from a group some would call the laughing stock of rap rock uh, yeah. but before all of that so we are kicking off with the 18th of March. Ooh. The Game Boy Advance was released, and it was somebody's birthday this week. Was it actually the 18th? My birthday? Yeah. My birthday is the 21st, so it would have been that week. That would have been my oh, birthday it's in week. in that week, yeah. That would have been my first legal driving lesson yes, yes.
0: 17
1: uh-huh. what, what, what was the transition like from 16 to 17 did you change overnight dramatically like Kevin the teenager or was it um, pretty much actually yeah I had pre-booked <laughs> my
0: driving lessons when I was 16 with my driving instructor because I wanted to drive a car mm. and I had it all booked in on my 17th birthday Lawrence Stehan racks up to my house Peugeot 306 D-Turbo I'm jumping in balling around Limavati, yeah. going for it in the car Life life changed that day. Completely changed that day.
1: Life changed for you. It also changed for five very average members of the public as they were catapulted to number one in the pop charts after being on TV for the last few months. But this...
0: You are rude. Hammer rude. There was one of them that whenever you watch back some of the programmes was not an average person, but actually a musical
1: genius. But more of that in a second. Yeah, okay. This is the song that probably change the face of pop music forever and certainly give Simon Cowell some ideas. This is Hearsay with their Smash number one single, Pure and Simple.
0: Everything changed from this song. It really, really did, didn't it? The whole of the musical spectrum just changed from this programme. There wasn't even... And when you think back, I think my memory was that it was an actual full-blown reality tv show it wasn't this episode was a documentary
1: yeah i was so surprised when i watched it back because i've look we're gonna we're gonna the the research for this was more intense and more in depth than most tracks certainly i've got about 10 times as many notes for this um, (laughs) as i do for the next track that we're talking about so to catch up anybody who doesn't know what this is, because this was kind of... I, I will have watched it at the time, but I certainly wouldn't have taken it in as much as I have this time round. Pop Stars was the show on ITV, Saturday Night TV. It was a pioneer show. It was a documentary. It wasn't the kind of live, vote-em-off sort of thing we all have come to love and love now. It, they... they, they described it and advertised it as a peek behind the, the curtain of pop music, didn't they? They yeah. tried to kind of peel back the layers and expose the pop making machine so you got all the audition process and them putting the band together and then the launch of the single and then find out where it charted and stuff. It was all very much fly on the wall, Big Brother style. I mean, I wonder where they got the idea from, uh, of of the pop music machine. Very interesting. You had Nigel Lithgow, Nasty Nigel, who was... I, 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 presumably kept Simon Cowell's seat warm from, but in some places he could be even nastier than Cowell, couldn't he? I mean, uh-huh. this was this was the early days of this format, and it was PSA and Liberty X, of course, were very much the budgies down the mine. This was very new territory, wasn't it, for this kind of show, this kind of thing? It really was, yeah, and
0: people were gripped by this. Like, I watched this. I think... I I watched reality TV in those days and, you know, at this point, my experience for anything like this had probably been stars in their eyes where nothing happens. You know, you don't become famous overnight from stars (laughs) in your eyes. You come on, you sing a song and you're done. But I'd never seen anything like this. But at this point in society people were beginning to know about things like the stage you know at the moment the stage was where you would get all of your auditions and Mm, mm. I think publicly at this point I'd heard of the stage because we knew from TV programs how the Spice Girls had come together and it was like in 1994 five girls were successful in auditions posted in the stage pop group wanted or whatever it was Um, so people were becoming aware public normal people that didn't do performing arts and didn't go to performing arts school became aware of this like newspaper and the Mm. fact that you could actually go to open auditions and you could find them so this program just had a really captive market for people who were like interested and would potentially want to be in a band themselves, or it was people that just wanted to be the fly in the wall and see how it really works, yeah. or just music yeah. lovers that wanted to see how the next new band
1: was made and it was such a such an experience in 2001 yeah it's 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 kind of it's weird watching it back now because you think about what it became with pop idol and x factor and other shows it became so big and overblown this in comparison is so understated and so dry and kind of it's it's not quite as exciting as it as, as it is now or, or certainly it was exciting in a different way
0: uh, yeah so it hasn't been mass-produced at this point. So what this was, is this was creative TV being done by, you know, normal people that work in TV. It didn't, and actually, you know, and this is what I listened, what I noticed when I listen now to X Factor as well, is when you listen to X Factor compared to when you listen to like Pop Stars, the Rivals and Fame Academy and stuff, Pop Stars and all of that was really raw. Mm. So you could hear mm. every single flaw in someone's voice. Yeah. And like, I'm not convinced that X Factor now is bringing out better singers, really. It's finding, it's finding gems mm-hmm. and it's finding big vocalists, but you're not hearing the flaws within their voice a lot of the time because of the production value of them programmes was back here. You heard it and if somebody was nervous you heard nerves in their voice. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, And even if you look back to like Kim Marsh's who was part of the band's first audition she was great but she was nervous mm. and you can hear those nerves. Mm. And we used to joke about it I can remember actually like people false starting on TV programmes back here and we used to take the piss out of them where they'd come in and be like I'm gonna, I'm gonna sing R- Ronan Keating and then they'd go the smile on my face let's and then they'd, they'd freak out and go can i start again and then they'd be like the smile on my face you know it was it was so strange the structure of these programs mm. because people would restart and it was so so normal and they didn't walk into a room of star quality you made the star yeah, yeah a lot of the time yeah. and it's i just quoted lou walsh with star quality oh my god <laughs> life's over but it was just a completely completely different experience and the judges would actually go to the contestants house to tell them whether they got in yeah. so the final 10 knew who the final 10 were so the 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 10 of them were expecting them to land round and it was heartbreaking to actually watch you know them to go to michelle heaton's house and go you're not in Mm yeah you know it's it's devastating but doing that for for 10 people five yeses five knows was harsh
1: tv for a saturday night yeah as they're so keen to point out throughout and uh I watched, I watched the hearsay story, which they had made within the same year of them being put together. You know, the hearsay story should have come, like, now, 20 years later, yeah. as a look back at what was. But they did it within the same year where there was still a band. It was a kind of way of just, I guess, looking to see whether the experiment had worked. Yeah. But yeah, they're very they're very keen to push. These were very normal people. I know you dispute that, but these, they, they presented it as this is a normal person's chance to come and be in a pop band you've got a at the start of the hearsay story they introduce themselves as a part-time cleaner a tribute band performer <laughs> a waiter a session singer and a club singer so there is three performers there but there is a cleaner and a waiter which i'm sure they're buzzing about because it really you know helps anchor their story this is hearsay we've given them a lot of build-up we've given a bit of background the track pure and simple is of course the winner's song it's very unremarkable, isn't it, Scott? Well, I, what, what, well I'm, I'm putting words in your mind here. I'm saying it's unremarkable, but um,
0: I can I think that at this point, this track is exactly what we expect it to be mm. because this is like where we thought this was going to go with a window cleaner. You know, like <laughs> a window. the weird thing was, My, Mylene stood out like a sore thumb because during the audition program process, what you did see is you saw Mylene playing the piano, yeah, and was yeah. an actual support artist for the whole production process Mm. so there was something special about Mylene from the second you saw her on the TV Um, and then because she was special they pushed a a really horrible narrative at her Mm. and were like she was two weeks late for her audition Um, she just doesn't give a shit she didn't bond with people she didn't work with people very well and then it took you know Mylene was kind of played through the production where somebody bust her nose and then Mylene was to the rescue and then all of a sudden it was like Mylene's changing you know she was completely played to be a winner mm, from the beginning mm, and the end to this. But the song
1: was actually a bloomin' girl thing track. It was know, a girl thing I album know. track. Yeah, remember them? They they are a they're a Simon Cowell off cut. We've we've done one of their singles before on the show. They didn't do much more than that. But yeah, this was their song that didn't quite you know they, they, they were dropped by Polydor to make way for hearsay yeah how how brutal is that
0: <laughs> so if you think about the caliber of some of the tracks we've we've covered so far and the things that are staying number one for a long period of time this is really odd because what we're finding now is we're seeing the back end of steps yes disappear yeah. and steps aren't charting as well they will chart a little bit whenever they do some covers in the future but this song was absolutely not what was needed to give a band longevity at this point this was no. a very much the idea must have come around in 1997 yeah and it took to 2001 to make the program mm. but you know what really did feel like an experiment the song is the song is quite pure you know yeah. lyrically it's oh, pure it's so sanitized it actually simple like it, 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 the whole thing about it is simple mm. and up until that point that was the fastest selling debut single of all time, really, and the yeah. second
1: biggest single of that year. but Which tells a story in and of itself, because I think for me as a five-year-old, or, or soon-to-be five-year-old, I will have watched this, I will have lapped this up. As a, as a kid obsessed with TV growing up, I'll have bought anything if I had an As Seen on TV sticker on, mm-hmm. or if it had some relation to TV. So I'll have bought this probably, or presumably. Do, does this say more about the narrative than the quality of the band? This, this track, this very pure and simple in every sense of those words... Bland, mushy, written in half an hour track, that became the biggest selling single of all time. Yeah. That says more about the narrative of the show, doesn't it, than any musical quality. Absolutely, yeah. And that can that can happen with reality TV. You know, people can get
0: stuck on something and they just kind of roll with it. But yeah. the track itself is not very well mastered. No. So Kim doesn't Kim takes lead vocals for the bulk of the track. Kim doesn't sound good. No. She doesn't sound great on it. She can sing, oh, she but is, actually she what she they've can. done with her doesn't sound good. Then when the boys come in the two lads completely out-sing Kim. Mm. They, they step away and you're like, oh, these two are really, really good and what they do is they make the other ones look like they can't do anything. Mm. Harmonies and stuff, I think, are quite nice. But the boys did still focus and I remember at the time, this just being, and their their career pretty much being destroyed by Chris Moyles on Radio 1. Yeah, Chris ripped them, yeah. took them out of parodies and once Chris had done parodies and Chris had such a big, I think what he had 12 million a week, mm. maybe might have been 13 million a week, yeah. he had control over them. You know, he had, the power to, to break them, and they ended up getting booed off stage at festivals and all sorts, just yeah. because he managed to control the whole perception about whether we liked them or not. And the power of radio at that time was shocking.
1: Yeah, I, I wish I still had that power. I would get paid more. It, <laughs> it, it, it it feels very much like a pop band designed by a committee. Oh wait, yes it is. They look like competition winners in the video. Oh wait, they are. All of those all of those jokes that spring to mind. I mean, they're all they're all true. And the industry. Obviously, had a lot of hostility towards them. You know, there's a clip in the hearsay story where they've been invited to go and perform with the Brits, and they're all in this meeting together. Polydor and they're saying, "You know, well, there's no way we can take this. We'll be like, we'll be mauled, we'll be absolutely mauled." So, the, the people who made the band and made the show knew that they were going to be savaged, but they're laughing to the bank with that first single. I mean, the the success didn't follow, no, but certainly this 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 first track, they well, that's the thing. Do you think they live? Didn't live? No one have, have been flash in the pan. Or do you think they would have genuinely expected some kind of long-term success out of this lot? I don't know because I think this was an experiment. It's like you know, sometimes it's
0: the first pancake; you do it to see what you can do with the second, the third, and the fourth. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. And there might have been a there might have been a longer-term game for this. You know, and you know, without without being like a, I know, I know too much about the backing of reality TV these days. Mm. The recipe hasn't changed. The marketing the ploy and the production value of it is very, very different. So what they've done in this program isn't really any different to anything we're going to see in the future with reality TV. And we've got some absolute gems out of reality TV mm. up to a point where then it just became saturated. And, you know, yeah, you can win X Factor, but you're not competing against all the previous winners, not the contestants you've been in that year's competition with. Mm. You know, it's, it's, a hard, it's a hard pot to be in these years. But video-wise, I remember there being a joke about, there was loads of flames, you know, them pyro flames that fly up. Yes, yeah. I remember at the time there being like, a video going around or something where there was sound effects where every time a flame went up because it went up directly behind someone there was a fart noise put on it <laughs> I can't remember who did it there's a good chance this was a Chris Moyles thing but I can remember like there being like a <laughs> um, so there was flames. Mylene doesn't get a verse. No. was all eyes on Mylene yeah, through this yeah. again. Um, so she was she was pimped. Um, Anastasia's glasses. Absolutely. That well, that was the that's a Victoria Beckham style, isn't it? Of that era. So, yes. Yeah. 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 yeah they, they they did seem really normal. But there wasn't much of a spark there no. in the music video. No. And I don't know whether it's rushed, I don't know whether it's an experience or what it is, but I want I wanted this to be brilliant because of what like I feel sorry for them for what they've gone through. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because nobody nobody signed up for that and knew what that was going to do. No. Whereas now, you'd be really wary. And you know, like say for example, Sarah Harding, Cheryl, like they knew, they've seen this. They knew when they were going for auditions what the outcome could be and they had the chance to make an informed decision, mm. you know, comp- for what had happened to like, hearsay. But fascinating approach and then the yeah. fact that other people took different um, approaches to it was, was really good too. Because what, what was the one on the other BBC one that they did? Fame Academy. Yes. Game academy was interesting because it was more behind the scenes stuff and it was very documentary led mm. but you you were, you were pushed a different story and a different narrative and that was interesting in a different way.
1: Mm. So we can chalk this up as an experiment not entirely successful but certainly love given them ideas for future series, wouldn't it?
0: Well, I do think it was successful because actually I loved what happened next not for hearsay but for the the runners up Yeah, oh, you yeah. Know, so I do think I think as an experience it was brilliant
1: we, we, we'll get to the runners up because arguably they well not even arguably they totally totally blew hearsay out of the water yeah I guess because the group that splintered off Liberty became Liberty X they will have not been attached to the reality TV program they'll have gone and done their own thing they'll have got some better songwriters they'll have been just just treated like a real band rather than a soap opera I mean in the in the hearsay story at the very end there's a quote from the manager, who's called Chris Herbert, and he said, The other day I was talking to a journalist, and they were talking about it, hearsay, like it was a character. Do we kill them off yet? Do we keep them going? Is there still storylines in there? And then it cuts straight from that to Kim Marsh and Jack Ryder from EastEnders and have been like oh look kim's got a new boyfriend and he has the goal to say it's not a soap opera it really really was yeah and i bet i bet liberty x will have been like phew we dodged the bullet we're not involved in that circus we're going to be a real band or as real as a, as a pop band can be so now if you try to do
0: stuff like that people see through it because yeah, of social yeah, media yeah. and like the press really did control things and you know you could either work with the press or they'd work against you and it just it shows you how much things have changed at this point because of the way that you can completely play it like you know Mylene was really picked on yeah, by the press yeah. she was really really picked on by the press and I, I know Mylene personally absolutely love her and I've got a major major soft spot for her and before I knew her I didn't, I didn't know her until years after the hearsay thing, but um, there was always something about her, and I was like, she's special, and there was always just something in my head, thinking she's the one that this is actually built around, even though Kim's doing all the singing, the cameras are pointing at and she's the one to
1: watch. She uh, gave my mum a shout-out on her birthday this year on Smooth Radio. So. Did she? She is Mylene. Amazing. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Hearsay will return in this podcast, but it's safe to say, never ever <laughs> all saints never ever uh-huh. um never ever getting this big again this this is the peak of hearsay it is all downhill from here sorry <laughs> as i said before i've got way less notes on this one because how could you have any more notes than on hearsay i've hardly got any oh well let's be quick then mm-hmm. this is from chocolate puma it's called i want to be you
0: You'll recognise this, Liam, won't you, from all of the times that I've played it on my dance show when you were my producer? Oh, shit, really? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) If I was to say... Thank God I wasn't paid. (laughs) If I was to say Danny Minogue, Who Do You Love Now, would you recognise that track?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I know that track. Yeah, I love that track, but I didn't know this. And I know it's the same... Uh People, it is. it? Yeah. So
0: the Danny Minogue track was Originally a track the year before Danny brought it out By um, Reva Called Stringer You know the instrumental was Stringer And then they brought it back as Danny Who Do yes, You Love Now yeah, yeah. But yeah Chocolate Puma are the same people as Reva And I Wanna Be You Is like a, a big 2001 dance banger Like mm. a big dance anthem Very big classic
1: It's quite chicane in places it's quite expressed too lazy in other places. It's got a bit of architect in there as well. So I had reference points, but it didn't make me sparkle. Mm. All three of those things made me sparkle, but this didn't. This is so strange because there was one thing I was expecting you to
0: say about this track, and I don't think you've even twigged. All right, so you've got two Dutch DJs, lots of different aliases, but listen to this. Do you recognise this? That's Nigel and Marvin, Follow the Link Leader, which in 2002 sampled this track. Oh, what? So this track this track was famous with dance music people in 2001, and then Nigel and Marvin did, Follow the leader, 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 oh, follow the leader. I feel so daft. So you've missed it, you big dope. I I've thought, missed it. I thought you were going to be telling me that, oh, I love this because this was Nigel and Marvin, and I was like six years old, oh. you know, cha-cha around my living room with me mum and me gran.
1: When we get to Nigel and Marvin, we'll have to come and reassess this. <laughs>
0: so this was for me well Nigel and Marvin actually was 2002 so it was 18th birthday party zones for me Mm. and you know when you're 18 you get to go to quite a lot of parties because you know if you're you're, you're still at school you get to go to a lot of 18th birthday parties if you've left at 16 and have a job chances are you don't work with a lot of people who haven't already turned 18 but Nigel and Marvin was like the Coast Road Inn in Limavady the Drummond Hotel in Limavady all the venues where people were having parties so I do have a lot of Nigel and Marvin ones but the Chocolate Puma I Want to Be With You I Can Taste Goldschlager listening to it (laughs) so this was a Roebuck sesh track for Scott so this was like this was massive for me and I would replay this loads and loads and loads on my mini disc player I have a player? Just put my mini player. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this does mm-hmm. make you sparkle? Yes, it does. Yeah? It does make me sparkle. I'm not saying that it's a pop track, though. Oh, right. Ah, mm-hmm.
1: So, all of these weeks are quite short because I guess just tracks were sticking around for quite a long time. Well, on to another week. This is the 25th of March. Scott is now four days into being. Uh, seventeen. Woo. Still loving the car, still doing donuts and stuff in the car parks and still skiing around, blasting your trance music at your old people on the streets. I'd be on my third driving lesson at this point. Oh, God,
0: he's mm-hmm. no,
1: no pissing about you, is there? No. Nah. This week you had Gorillas. Their debut album was released. How exciting is that? So many yeah. more tracks for them to come over the next year. Uh, and one of my favourite shows came out, The Fairly Odd Parents. Started on Nickelodeon. Never heard of it. Oh, it's, it's a little kid called Timmy and he's got these two fairy godparents and they kind of like... Help them do stuff that's magic and that. Oh. I, haven't seen I haven't seen it in a while, obviously, as you can tell. Um, also, this week, Stereophonics came out and they were all like, where, where, where? They're picking on us. Where, where, where? This is their retort to the critics who are nasty about them. This is Mr. Writer. Yeah.
0: third album, Just Enough Education to Perform. And Liam, you don't sound like you're enthused by this.
1: I, I, I am and I'm not. I, I am and I'm not. It's... It, it is just a bit of a wow, wow, wow sort of thing for me. Oh. If you're going to do a track that's supposed to tell the critics who've told you your shit to go and fuck themselves, why, is, why this? I love this. Why this dreary track that just, like, enforces all the things they already say about you? I think that's <laughs> supposed to be, like, poetic in many respects, but... But
0: this is very, this is very stereophonics in many respects, you know, especially when you're three albums deep. This is, this is smart songwriting, really. And it's also like, um, this song made all journalists paranoid, though. All journalists thought that it was a go with them, whereas it was actually about a specific journalist who followed them about on tour and then slated them afterwards. But, you know, I think with the stereophonics, you know, what what are you expecting? Are you expecting to go on tour with some, uh, you probably are actually, as a journalist, expect to go on tour, see sex, drugs and rock and roll. You know, actually, there's lots of bands out there that are normal, Mm -hmm. have their heads screwed on, Mm -hmm. are intellectual, can do all of this stuff. But um, he said that it actually took like 10 minutes to write, but 10 years to explain, because people all thought it was about themselves. But for me, I loved, I remember at the time, love, love, love this. Mm. And this actually made me go backwards in stereophonics catalogs, because I just... And I was never into chill stuff like this, but this, this got me at the time. And I think it actually was because... I didn't understand what it was about, mm. and then all of a sudden I knew the words, and I got a grip of what the story was, and kind of semi-figured it out for myself, you know, because I didn't see Kelly telling us, but I think, you know, the minute you hear him sing, you just get sucked in with his voice, like, seconds, split seconds into hearing his mouth open, mm. and you're just in there with him, and it's it's amazing.
1: He does have that power, and I'm certainly not, not a stereophonics fan, I... I don't know mm. I, the, 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 There's so much I like I like the bass line It's got a bit of like Marvin Gaye Heard it through the grapevine Sort of bass line Going through it mm-hmm. I like the piano bit I mean the whole thing Sounds a lot like Do you remember Daydream in blue By Monster? Especially the piano part For some reason I think it's just, it's just slower than I like I think he elongates a lot of words Beyond the point of enjoyment for me in my ears And I, I, like I said I, do, I don't think it'll do much to Say it, the critics who I mean, they're called meat and potatoes by some And it's kind of a bit of a meat and potatoes Track for me, but I get where it's coming from I, I sort of like The balls of doing it I I admire the fact that they've managed to be successful for the next 20 years after a song like this when you've literally written about one person, you've made everyone turn against you, but look, they're still here 20 years later, so fair play to them, I guess. Yeah, it's funny, (laughs) actually. Didn't do them too much harm. This this is actually a good
0: reflection of journalists in the year 2001 where actually... And, you know, a lot of people still to this day hear the word journalist and they immediately kind of hiss in their head. and like... Yeah. And that is not... You know, the journalists you hear about and the things that you notice are from the evil journalists and the, the ones that spin things the news of the world <laughs> yeah and actually what you do find is and I work with a lot of them now and actually we train a lot of them now that I see how they're trained honestly it's such an imp- it's like an exciting career yeah and the fact that you know now you've got some you've got some of the best journalists which doesn't make sense but they've gone to like Lad Bible, which that name really shouldn't exist and where Lad Bibles come from as a, as a brand from day one you know their story's weird and they do have some of the best correspondence and stuff in the mm-hmm. country and mm-hmm. whenever they're doing and quite in the prime minister, they're doing the best questions and the yeah, most relevant yeah, stuff yeah. for young people. But there are journalists where they churn shit out <laughs> to sell stuff, yeah. and then there's journalists who can take something good and make a spin. Mm-hmm. You know, when this was obviously a, a mm-hmm. journalist trying to churn something out to kind of either cause an effect or, or to get clicks or to sell papers or yeah, whatever it mm-hmm. is. But the video for this one, <sighs> I remember being gripped by the video when I was younger because they were dressed yes. as clowns, creepy as fuck oh. clowns. But the The video is a watcher's video, like you can't take your eyes off it whenever you watch it, and I think that really, if you're like you and don't love the tempo and stuff of it, and the vibe's kind of semi-missing for you, the video can kind of pull it back a little bit, so you've got them dressed as creepy clowns in a car, which is kind of going through like a very slow motion accident, so Mm. the car's spinning and there's there's things in the air spinning in slow motion and stuff and um, you've got the band performing in like a, a snow globe the car catches fire and stuff too but i remember sitting before school and just being glued to that yeah. most mornings and just loving sitting watching it and that i think made the song even better for me
1: if if this came on before school for me i would have left the room in tears <laughs> the, n- the number of birthday parties i'll have not gone to because they were at coco the clowns in biker just no. Oh. Coco's was an adventure playground sort of thing, like soft play. But you always have a clown, and there'd be like a bit where they have all the the the, the, the sort of party tea stuff. And there's a bloody clown, horrible. How many times? Absolutely horrible. Have I
0: scared you when we've been in buildings together late at night, and I've never. Ever, ever realize there's a clown thing here that I can get you with?
1: I'm not scared. Of, I'm not scared of clowns now. We'll just at the see. time bef- before, well, oh yeah, before. <laughs> <laughs> God, thank God we're not going to see each other for a while. Um, no, it, back, back at the time, yeah, clowns weren't great. I got, I got over that. I think eventually, but yeah, at, at, at this age, seeing this, I'll have been. I'd have put like a hammer through the TV screen, probably. Funny enough, you mentioned
0: in Newcastle. I got to see uh, Kelly Jones do uh, a really great performance at the Sage in Gateshead, ah. which is famous for its like acoustics and to kind of sit through and whenever we went we didn't because it was was Kelly Jones in a band it wasn't Stereophonics we weren't expecting any back catalogue stuff and the whole thing was just an absolute jam it was brilliant Mm. and it was really really good and it just like re-cemented how good they are and I know that they're a a Marmite band for so many people um, and they were really like an in the middle band for me until I've gone and seen him and it was just really really good
1: Right, our mate Craig is back this uh, was an number eight for him. It's called Rendezvous.
2: Rendezvous, way to my place, say to. And we can do anything you want to do. Hey, tonight is your night.
1: Yeah, when you close your eyes. Take a minute, take a moment, realise. Do you see me when you fantasise? Tonight will be your night.
0: This is the fourth and final track from Born to Do It, one Mm. of the most famous UKG albums of the early noughties, and we have discussed many a fourth track. On occasion, we've discussed a fifth album track, but as a fourth album track, I couldn't remember it coming from the name, and was a bit like, oh no, Mm. and then when it started, I could kind of feel it a little bit as if, I must have heard this before, and then we get the chorus, and it's like, oh yeah, I remember this.
1: Yeah, I didn't know this. I'm glad I do now. Okay. I think it's quite good. It's, um, I mean, it's, it's it's a it's a late March release, but it feels summery. It's kind of like poolside, but outdoors, hmm. like sort of late, late at night poolside when you can't actually go in the pool. You can sit in a, in a plastic chair with a cocktail. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. I can smell the heat. Mm, it's
0: nice i love how you use cocktail singular whenever i'm an all-inclusive <laughs> i've gone up like seven times and i have like a harem of all-inclusive drinks to the maximum oh, yes. spirit capacity oh, that i can yeah. have sitting around me he comes Ooh. across very
1: suave and mature and it's worth bearing in mind he's still very young at this point like he's still basically a teenager at this point but he just especially in the video comes across as a very cool customer he is kind of an interesting one because this is like you're saying this now because this is dead new
0: to you again and we're going back to the whole thing where actually Craig was a bit too hyped for people and like even the video starts with him flexing like all, all his, <laughs> his, his crew hyping him up a little bit and that was an issue for so many people because yeah. they're like who is this guy and it made him look a little bit arrogant and we've discussed the whole people people didn't get him and stuff and now that's really normal and actually you know he set that trend but it, it worked against him a little bit in his mm. career but this for me is like just a really nice track it's it's definitely a fourth single off the album you know it, it definitely is a number eight for me the harp in it is very prominent but the harp's actually a bit too repetitive Um, it needed to maybe be lowered and mixed a little bit whenever it's been done but you do get exactly what Craig David's good at and you get pulled straight into his story mm. and as soon as he starts singing you're listening to what he's saying and you know, we're, you know we're, we're all singing shaggy lyrics and we have no idea what we're singing we're singing other songs whereas with Craig you follow him through because yeah, he's that yeah. good at what he does the video's interesting so it does start with his crew begging him up that's bad Craig the player then you've got uh, Craig sitting on the sofa with his mum and dad there's a world of two Craig Davids um, Craig Davids both heading kind of on their, their social life to the same club and Craig kind of meets Craig uh, other the player Craig meets good Craig's girlfriend and there's a bit of like <laughs> a right, who are you bog off but there is a very special moment in Craig Davids life right now because player Craig at one point looks like he's sniffing himself I'm pretty much ready to tash on. It's a really strange moment in the music video, but you do see him kind of like square up to himself, but it looks like he's just having a <laughs> <laughs> before he's gonna go in for a bit of a French. Yeah. Odd moments. It's kind of the bra coming off the shoulder thing again where we eyeball the camera. Yeah. We do have now a second Craig ah. David awkward moment.
1: It's maybe even more awkward than the first as well, so maybe it's, it's guaranteed to win next year's award. Um, can you picture the bit I'm talking about, yeah? Yeah, I can actually,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes me love Craig more because actually what we're doing is we're getting moments from Craig here.
1: And now, you know,
0: I'm, I'm bringing Craig back into my my consciousness mm, because mm. of these moments. And I love the fact that they exist. But I can understand that, like, in 2001, the fact that they've got two Craigs in a scene together is technical genius oh, yeah. oh, God, but yeah. now that we're
1: so used to it and accustomed to it it does look like he's sniffing himself and about snog himself it's weird yeah I'm sure he would if he could as much as I say he's quite cool and suave he does say jiggy oh <laughs> uh, thanks Will Smith to, to remind us all that he is 19 um, he says the word jiggy and all credibility just goes
0: phew
1: <gasps> was, was jiggy a successful
0: word for me back then what age am I 17 Oh, God. I think I'd have got a slap in the face if I'd have gone for... If I wasn't quoting Will Smith, I'd have got a slap in the
1: face. (laughs) Right, another week begins. This is the 1st of April, 2001, which, of course, makes me think about April Fool's Day. And I have to ask, Scott, given your prank pedigree, you must have pulled a few in your time, or had them pulled on you in retort. Ooh, do you know what? I don't think
0: people really get me, which is really odd. And I think it's just because... I focus so much on trying to pull them on other people. I feel like I'm, I'm ahead of people in terms of the tricks. Mm. Um, but I would love, I, I'd be really intrigued if somebody did get me with a trick, yeah. to be fair. But um, April Fool's tricks. Yeah, I remember, I do remember on one occasion, right, I had a very pearly mother who you didn't want to shock at any given point. And, you know, like maybe 12, 13 year old Scott, I could have even been younger, didn't really consider that on April Fool's mm. morning once and insisted that I go and make my mum some soda farls which is like a specific type of bread that you get in Ireland it's like I'll, I'll get you some soda farls so um, would, it would mean that I'd have to go out to the kitchen and slice some bread with a bread knife oh, God. Uh, and then decided to scream in the kitchen <gasps> and come running into my mum's bedroom God. with the knife covered in blood oh. which was ketchup screaming
1: ah,
0: ah. I nearly killed the woman That's so fucked I was like it's
1: ketchup <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah Almost took her out in one foil swoop because of April Fools, not gosh. realizing that you probably shouldn't no. take that approach with somebody who is very, very vulnerable and could die any minute.
1: Whoops. Stars. <sighs> hmm. The worst there prank that happened to me was my granddad joke and the aunt and Deckard split up. <gasps> no, that's mean. Yeah, I know. Oh. That's really mean. Oh. They, had, they, they had us for the entire morning. I was in tears. Oh, that's terrible. That is
0: really mean. I know. Ooh, we can lighten the mood. My mum was brilliant at jokes, right? She was really good at practical jokes. And I remember I used to hide on my mate Craig when he'd come in on a Saturday. We'd open the doors and then we would just like sprawl. We would just run <laughs> and you had to like hide somewhere and the other one had to find you pretty quickly. And I can remember my mum called him and so she was always in her bedroom because she was kind of like bed bound mm. she's like come in come in come in go lie down there on that side of the bed he'll not be able to see you so if you lie down that side he'll not know that you're there and um, my mum was like she, she, she couldn't see him she was like I can still see the top of her head push your face right down into the carpet and um, <laughs> he, was, he was pushing his face really hard <laughs> down into the carpet and he was like oh what's that and my mum was taking the piss out of him because my dad had chopped his toenails the night before and just left them on the floor so Craig pops his head up and has like my dad's
1: toenails ingrained into his skin and she's like ha 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 gotcha <laughs> oh, oh dear poor Craig now I know where you get it from that's where it all comes that's from absolutely oh, blimey
0: god if my mum was like that I worry what my uncles were like oh, with her because god, there yeah. must have been like all sorts of things gone down whenever she was growing up but yeah <sighs>
1: Toenail, toenails in your face you can't make it up mmm i wonder if this slot enjoyed toenails in their face just as part of their uh. as part of their kind of weird idea of love this is very different very unique very weird this is crazy town and their big uk number three it's called butterfly come my lady come come my lady you my butterfly Sugar, baby. come my lady come come my lady you my butterfly 100%.
0: This is a, a hello goodbye, isn't it? They 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 come and they go.
1: Yes, it really, really, really is.
0: So this is actually the third single from their debut album, The Gift of Game, mm-hmm. which actually topped the charts in seven countries and got the top ten and even more. Yeah. Like this was a big deal. Yeah. I've
1: noted this down as an intro just as well. Oh, 100%. It's
0: juicy, juicy, juicy from the start.
1: Well, that intro juice is all down to the Red Hot Chili Peppers and their track Pretty Little Diddy from 1989 from the album Mother's Milk. Of considered one of their more experimental tracks, it's instrumental, it's kind of weird, it's uh, it, it, it's beautiful, really, isn't it? It's a great, great track. The the sample that they've used for this track is kind of like towards the end of the song, so so so, so I think a lot of people like the track for that reason. Some will, if you if you do it like a sort of a decision flowchart thing, some will love it when they start singing, and some will go, Oh, you've ruined that sample. Which camp do you fall in, Scott? Because I know Um, where I stand. I love that they've mastered the
0: sample a bit more because I do love the sample and I didn't really know... I didn't know it as a Red Hot Chili Peppers track at this point in my life. Um, Actually, I was getting ready to go and see the Red Hot Chili Peppers at this point. Um, I had had to pass my test first and then (laughs) drive thing. But um, the sample, I love the sample. But actually, there's so much about this track that I think is a bit... I can understand why people don't like it but for me looking back at it now it's actually really important for so many people right I just love 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 this and everybody like all of my crew all of my lads loved this as well I think the sample was great I think the melody of it was brilliant I love the fact that there was a blend of hip hop and rock but actually then tied up in a love song because the last time we've kind of seen that was with Linkin Park Yes, where we're kind of getting hip hop and rap so this is your alternative at this point to Linkin Park Yeah, it's a very very wide open market at this point point. and I have a very specific memory of this song where my sister just bought a house and it was a new build and in Ireland when you buy houses you, you can buy them without anything you can buy the shell and you've got to choose your own kitchen and get it put in your bathroom so you get it just plastered with some sockets hanging out of the wall and I remember painting one of her bedrooms yellow and this was on the radio and we got to hear this because because my sister lived in a different town she'd moved halfway across Northern Ireland we could get cool FM ah cool FM in Northern Ireland which we couldn't get in the town that we lived in because we lived in a valley and we were pretty restricted to like national BBC stations and then the the little hyper country stations coming in from Donegal and stuff but this one for me is a song kind of for the underrepresented and the ones that got judged for having piercings and tattoos in this era because yeah you were ridiculed and you know there was no love songs for those people because what you got was heavy marsh tracks and shouty, loud, brash stuff where we've been given a love track here for people with piercings and tattoos yeah they were they were victims of society because tattoos were prisoner things you know criminals had tattoos yeah, yeah. why would you pierce yourself it was like it was really taboo to get a piercing because it seemed like you were either kinky, psychotic or a self-harmer and and it wasn't actually people didn't understand the art of having these piercings and having these tattoos and, you know, all my fears of tattoos have been, how are you confident enough to decide what to put in your body? Mm. You know, I can't even decide what I'm having for me tea and there you are getting (laughs) tattoos good for you. But that, like made this track special for me really yeah. and especially on reflection now where i think this was important to people that had tattoos this was important for people that had yeah piercings there wasn't any platform for yous to have like songs being told about the way you have relationships and the fact that yeah we fall in love too you know this was vital for me
1: mm. i i knew of this track because it had been covered by todd in the shadows as a one-hit wonder so he spoke about the the band's beginnings and the impact of this song, and of course, what happened after that. They are they are very much one-hit wonders. They're not together for very much longer after this track is out. They're a bit of a laughing stock. I was talking to someone at work yesterday, and they were saying that because uh, my friend Tamsin, she was saying that these guys. Kind of broke up the same way as hearsay did because they were getting booed so much at gigs because they were getting, you know, threatened and stuff. Yeah. They weren't everyone's cup of tea. Uh, I mean, this track is anomalous with the rest of their back catalogue because this is kind of beautiful. You could say beautiful is a word that springs to mind for this one. Yeah. Whereas the rest of it's kind of, you know, typical rap rock, thrashy, blah, sort of thing. This is really romantic and I have to say I really, really like it i really really like it yeah the juxtaposition of the really sort of flowery flouncy visuals and that soft guitar then you look at these pierced tattooed divvies let's face it uh with the tops off and it's it's, it's it, I fa- it is an alternative romance i mean look they do reference sid and nancy which is a weird kind of romance could be we, well you, you might not know how it ends but it, it didn't end with anybody alive hmm. there is reference to attempted burglary there is reference to dealing drugs addiction so they, they, they are they are self-aware of the things that they've done it's quite rude butterfly can be interpreted in multiple ways as i found from google <laughs> i really bloody like this and i didn't know if i was going to or not but i really unashamedly unapologetically do and I so think, did you
0: not know this beforehand? Not massively. Oh. Not wow. until
1: a few not not until the last few years. But only this only like listening to it now did I sort of like make my own mind up for it. Interesting.
0: Because really. I could yeah. I could I think at the time I could have sang this whole song. I could do the chorus now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, but I could have, be doing it all week. I could have <laughs> sang this whole thing at the time yeah. and it's 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 interesting. I remember watching the music video, and obviously you've got Seth jumping around topless and tattooed and pierced and stuff, but I can remember at the time thinking what is up with his body? Yeah. What what's what's wrong with it? It didn't make any sense to me, and it turned out that actually he was ripped with no body fat. Ah. And I'd never really seen a muscly body before because you didn't see very many topless guys on telly. You saw the red hot chili peppers. But Anthony is quite quite Iggy Pop like yeah, you know what I mean yeah. so he's, he's much more as much as he has got Scrawny. muscles he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's much more gangly um, whereas Seth in this was kind of like semi-ripped and it was just really strange to see because you know in, in 2001 there was no there was no social pressure where I came from to have a ripped body mm. there were very limited gyms there were no boot camps or anything like that and now you know especially with reality TV and social media and stuff everybody wants to kind of do what they can when they're when they're young you know like 17 or 16 year old Scott Today would probably be like a meathead, you know, I'm like protein, 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 <laughs> yeah. and I've been, I've been there, but um, it's dead strange to think that. But this one for me, I understand that it is a Marmite track, but. I bloody love
1: it still to this day. Just to go back to what Todd in the Shadows said, he spoke about how this destroyed the band's cred, as it would when when you're you're, you're trying to be like an uber-serious band. A track like this is kind of melodic and kind of fanciful. He said that if you make a crazy town station on Spotify, you get a lot of smash mouth and not a lot of disturbed, which is not a good sign. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and I can see that depending on the band as well and I think your industry it's hard to come back from in certain ways you know like mm. people have said that about you 2 I don't know how many times and you 2 have always bounced back but because of their industry and you know their likability in many respects and the impact that they've had on the back catalogue before they've brought out tracks that have had the same kind of boo. certain people can bounce back these guys probably didn't have the bounce back ability and this track was mm. maybe at the wrong point in their career mm. but definitely the right time for society Yeah, but not the right time to keep them going for another 20 years off the back mm. of it really but yeah, it's such a shame I think.
1: What a great week this was because we're gonna go from Crazy Town to this, which I've known for a long time. I I'm just gonna say it now. Love it. Big contender. This is MS presents the girl next door. Salsoul Nugget, if you wanna.
0: I already learnt today why it was called Sal Soul Nugget mm. and I always had like I always made assumptions because of the funky vibes in it and I knew that there were samples in it but actually there was the sample of Double Exposure's Everyman yes. and Lella Holloway Hit and Run yes. both of who were on the Sal Soul record label so that's why it's called Sal Soul Nugget because yeah. it's kind of like a, a Sal Soul golden gem yeah. and then in brackets if you want it, but M&S presents Girl Next Door you'll have you'll have please tell me you remember this of being in my radio studio yes. and yes yeah, massively yeah, okay. yeah. Five
1: percent yeah. <laughs> you were switched on some days. woo He was there. Um, every, we, oh. every Man by Double Exposure is one of my favourite songs. And when I did my radio show with Nathan for, what, like a year and a half, we ended the show with that track. Oh. And that was our, like, sort of end bed. And I still listen to it all the time now. It's funny, I listened back to it this week as part of, like, checking out the samples, as I always do. And, I mean, I knew this was a sample of that, so I just wanted to go listen to it, really. There's been... Remixes by late night tough guy joey negro and of course this and listening back to every man now it seems so slow Uh uh-huh yeah 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 like because i've because i've heard those three tracks now more than the original they just sound so slow this is a very pacey track it's got a real live feeling to it i spoke about the bongo song a few weeks ago and that track to me feels like it's very live and in the moment um and and this is the same to me i can picture a nightclub in my head which is what, what i'm picturing all the time right now because i can't go to one yeah i always see a, I always see a packed club loving it <laughs> in, in my in my mind's eye and i'm in there somewhere yeah
0: let's have a listen to some samples we listen to the double exposures every man just for like the the funky vibes let's have a listen to the the original Everybody. Loletta Holloway's hit and run. Loletta Holloway does that high note, which is just infamous Mm. in this track. Listen to Loletta's high note. And then, actually, in the MS version, Natasha Bryce does vocals. I don't know if she—I don't know what happens with that high note. The high note's there in the song. I don't know if that's like Lila or if it is Natasha. But mm. either way, to both of those, dearie me, that is a beast. Like they yes. are, that is a beast of a high note to the point where when I drive around in the car and have this on, I scream it and I cannot make it sound <laughs> remotely no. nice at all. But I. I, I'd give myself a throat infection just from screaming that bad boy because that's major major business loads of people and this is where I'm, I'm actually shocking myself now because I've always loved this track loads of people actually in blogs and stuff have compared this to Groove Jet mm-hmm. because obviously Groove Jet's like a sample of a, a similar L- elk yeah, yeah, to yeah. Double Exposures I love this Way more, and I never thought I'd say that because I love Spiller and Groove Jet. But I, for me, this is a much better track than Spiller. Even though Spiller and Groove Jet is a ten out of
1: ten, you know what I mean? Oh, I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it, but I think I probably agree. No, I, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Yeah, I do. Yeah. The first ten
0: seconds of this, right? You've got some phasing and you've got some EQ play, which for two thousand and one was great. First ten seconds, it's just like, oh, hold on a second, what's that? And it 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 chops and it changes a little bit about, and the way that they bring stuff in is great. No, that's just it's just so good. This reminds me of like. I remember being at a house party, actually, when this was on. I was, somebody was playing Hide the Vodka, which is code for Scott didn't bring any of his own drink, <laughs> so started stealing everybody else's because he was a cheapskate. Obviously, all my money was going on driving lessons, yeah. so I was like, I'll come to the party. Not bringing anything. Where's the Doritos? <laughs> um, so there was that element of it where I remember it from a specific house party. The one I think I've mentioned before where uh, in the garden, I stood up on a picnic table while everybody was outside and projectile puked from the top of the picnic <laughs> table. That rings um, a bell, yeah. It but, a bell. Yeah. It changes when you least expect it. It's pumping. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's D-I-S-E-O. It's feel good. And we've got a flash and dance floor in the music video, yes. which
1: for me is sold, sold, sold. Give me a gavel or whatever you call it. Bang, 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 <laughs> bang, bang. Sold. Mm-hmm. Can you believe then? I was reading in one blog that they took this to record labels, as is always the case. You know, it's, it's kind of underground for a bit first, then they go and try and get it released officially. And labels were knocking this back. They made a white label... And they submitted it to their DJ friends. I mean, if if you've got if you're gonna have DJ friends, you do kind of want them to be, let's say, uh, Frankie Knuckles, David Morales, and Louis Vega. Yeah, that's their that's their sharpest friends, and that, that that's how this track kind of catapulted up in uh, up into the the mainstream because they had good connections, and this this eventually crept into number six in the chart, which is a, a big deal. And number one on the dance chart as well. So in 2001, right, and this is a thing that I've kind of learned from doing research on this track, is actually you just
0: couldn't break dance tracks. And I feel like we've covered quite a few significant ones, you know what I mean, so far. And Mm. anything that we've kind of covered, say before 2000, like, you know, like the Paul Van Dykes and the Energy 52 Cafe Del Mars that we've never covered. All of those are hangovers from white labels and Ibiza and people coming back being like, I have to have this. And it wasn't because people wanted to release them and record labels were being like yeah let's put this out it was we need to put this out because people are buying this and we need a cut of that yeah um yeah, yeah. but this one i remember watching a video which was the dance star awards which was a full award ceremony specifically made for the electronic music industry because radio stations would not play dance music and they wouldn't take it on mm. um so they had to create their own system so you just had these biggest djs in the world to kind of create this festival I remember watching this actually, which breaks my heart now because this track was introduced by Gil Porter and Eric Murillo. And that like knocked some points off it for me whenever I remembered that one. But as I've kind of gone through the comments and some of like the YouTube videos and stuff too. So Natasha Bryce is like big, big vocalist. Absolutely brilliant. Somebody had said, she should have been one of the Spice Girls. No lie. Is it the the worst comment I've read this week? (laughs) It might be. I love this track Yep, me too there's one there's, there's one down point and this is a sign of the times it has a slow fade <sighs> and if anybody doesn't know what a slow fade is a slow fade is where the song gets quieter at the end and it disappears off out and that is really normal very normal
1: yeah
0: in 2000s um, less so nowadays but what it made is it made for a really awkward live performance where you can see somebody with a microphone the song's <laughs> fading out and they yet. still have to de- they have to decide when to stop you and there's only so far you can pull your microphone away you can only pull your microphone away arm- an arm's length from your mouth yeah. so it is awkward and the, the performances that I saw of Natasha Bryce doing it were live anything i ever saw her do she did live vocals over the top of it and it was it was really really good but it wasn't for everybody if you get it you get it it's a big deal if you don't feel good from this you're absolutely 100 dead inside
1: agreed So we've done our tracks for this week. Hearsay will be the one that dominates the attention, just because of the size of it, but does it make our contenders pots, does it become a winner for us, dare I say even a series winner? Well, if you heard us talk about it, probably not, but hey-ho, we'll mention it anyway. Um, Scott, your contenders for this week, please. Only six tracks this week, but still nourishing, I would say. Still nourishing.
0: Yes, so um, mine's an obvious winner, I'm going straight for a pot of one, it's gotta be Hearsay pure and simple. (gasps) not 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 has anybody has anybody done the not joke since 2001 i thought not was a brilliant joke it was
1: a great joke (laughs) well borat borat yeah borat he's back funny enough borat
0: is is this because he came up in your timeline saying wear a mask and the mask was a mankini no (laughs) no (laughs) that was a picture that came up my timeline today actually it was isla fisher that shared it oh wow which i thought was really Uh funny but yeah it's him it's him in a mankini which is a the hospital mask around his bits. Oh, blame me. You know, yeah. he could have even stuck a sock down there, you know. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Right, but, <laughs> getting on to something pressing and serious and not to do with Borat's genitals. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. And this is a weird one because these two could be interchangeable. I'm going to go with my number three, my third track in third place. I'm going to do Stereophonics' Mr. Writer. <laughs> Track. Love it. Mm.
1: Um, uh,
0: Crazy Town, Butterfly is my second one. Because I think it's really romantic and it's, you know, of a generation and it was a great position for people. But I think my actual winner has to be based on vibe. It's cool, it was underrated, it is an absolute bop. This week's episode winner, MS, present the girl next door, Salsa Nugget, if you wanna. Mm-hmm.
1: I hate to say it Scott, I hate to say it. You know my feelings about this subject, how we are morphing into one oh uh, we had a conversation earlier off mike about the fact
0: that sometimes we crave milk and then have some milk and then have some more milk and then have some more milk yes yes are we going the same way right now <laughs> are we like are we beat deficient and actually we go the same way with episode winners
1: you know what to be honest after this week and after having the new lockdown measures imposed on us and being stuck inside not seeing friends you know what i i am beat deficient and for that reason Well, I'll reveal my winner in a sec, but second of all, my second place is going to be Crazy Town and Butterfly. butterfly, butterfly, For all the reasons you've said, it's just a jam. (laughs) It's so inclusive. It's so, you know, four-year-old Liam would have been totally freaked out by this and therefore it wins loads of points. And the winner... Inject it into me I mean I, I I want milk And I want MS Featuring <laughs> The girl next door salsal Nugget 24 hours a day Simple as That's my winner
0: Wow Check it Check it Check it It's weird though Because like you know This I think this isn't cemented enough in history and that's why this podcast is good because mm. we are vibing this one out and we're throwing it at people and you know yeah there was a hearsay domination you know we're in an age where we've got loads of like 2000 hangovers and stuff too and yeah. this one could have slipped under the radar and i think we're bringing it back and we're putting it right back in the forefront because it was a big big track i think it's a good 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 decision yeah, i did yeah, struggle because yeah. i do love mr rider and i did think that my second and third place was hard to choose i, I would have loved to have Chuck chocolate puma in there as well because it's a bang a banger but yeah hard week hard week only with six songs as well in a hard week
1: the important choice now is does MS become one of our new series winners scott we go to you first as always you've got the choice of MS, sal soul nugget mm-hmm. and jennifer lopez love don't cost a thing oh it's a lot of vibe it's a lot of vibe this week isn't it it's a big big vibe there is i'm gonna throw it to you now scott what is your choice
0: there is a massive, massive uber coolness about m and presents a girl next door, sell soul nugget if you want it. There's just mm-hmm. a, there is a major, major bot vibe to it. Social impact, I don't think it's made the same impact as what J.Lo has in terms of like feminism and independence. So I think it's actually an easy one. J.Lo stays on, love don't cost a thing.
1: Yeah, I can't can't disagree can't argue with that i do know that jennifer lopez is coming around again soon with another track uh, are you holding on till then i'm not or could, I, could something shift honestly it? i know we, we mentioned that sometimes we
0: open the spreadsheet and look forward right what we need to explain is that we have got a spreadsheet that is broken into individual years right and as you go into individual years we see hundreds of songs and there's there's 10 tabs, you know, so it's just, it's just blind. I haven't thought forwards to be fair. I can kind of, I can see what's the common, I can see what's coming next week. And there's a number one next week, which again comes from a special bunch of females that I've had a soft spot for before. Yes. Um, but I'm not, I'm not thinking too far forward. And you mentioned something the other week that I'd forgotten about that, now is kind of semi-stuck in my mind as a potential contender. So I don't know if you've planted a seed Mm. or Mm. whether I'll just not go there. But yeah, I don't know. It's confusing. There's so much going on. I'm still stuck with, I think, when you think back to Love Don't Cost A Thing, she is important. Yeah, you're very right. You're very right. You've got a difficult one then because you've got two big, credible CAF tracks here that are going side by side. So your existing series winner of Outcast Miss Jackson versus m s presents the girl next door, Sal soul, soul Nugget, if you wanna. Very different. Right, let's drone you.
1: I could very easily change here. I could very easily just say, yeah, I mean, I, I think, the, the vibe I'm feeling this week is more of a Salsa Nugget thing just to kind of like lift my spirits a bit. Um, but as part of my prep now, I listen to my current winner as part of all the rest just to make sure. I think the, the big problem with me is that I don't listen to the tracks as much as I should. And then they, they don't, of course, they don't last longer than six weeks. <laughs> I listen to Outcast this week. I vibe to it. I jam to it. I'm starting to kind of know more lyrics of it. So eventually, one day, maybe I could actually rap the whole thing. <laughs> that could be like a, a light. A light Life goal um not to Christmas totally party oh yeah i thank god they're cancelled this year um no i think they're both proper bangers i think i'm glad we've both given MS the platform it deserves but it's simple for me as well outcast miss jackson stays on
0: wow 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 i do think you know our our podcast is called the naughtiest naughty and i think people are like what what makes it naughty and i think actually if i look at JLo, you wouldn't think that it's an obvious naughty thing but mm. actually in 2001 again it's that girl power kind of thing where she's like you know f you I can do it myself, and actually that's really naughty. Yeah. Isn't it? And Outcast Miss Jackson is just it's entertaining, it's gripping, there's naughty elements to it as well. You know, there's the whole fact that the actual mother and all of that <laughs> yeah. kind of got involved and loved yeah. it, the girlfriend at the time didn't like it. So so there's elements. So the word naughty really is just totally open to interpretation, but mm-hmm. the songs that are 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 taking episode winner titles and series winner titles are really proving the point of the podcast name.
1: They really are, they really are. This is where it becomes your choice now. Listening, uh, we'll be putting a listener's choice vote up on the Twitter on Saturday uh, at around midday. Your choices will include m They'll also include uh, Crazy Town. Ooh. They'll also be... Oh, what else can we chuck in there? Because I've, I've put both our winners in. I guess we'll put in Craig Dave... No, we'll put in Stereophonics. Yeah. And we'll put in Hearsay. Mm. So there you go. There's your four choices. I wish we could give more choices, but Twitter only lets you have four, which seems Aww, like a flaw to me. You put hey-ho. Yeah. Mm. Last week's winner was Nelly Furtado. It was very, very close. Um, she edged in front on the final day after what was a lot of to and fro um, Ricky and Christina were ahead for a long time.
0: Yes, they were. And I was pretty surprised, actually. I was surprised that they were ahead for so long because I did really think that there's an obvious choice if you haven't engaged so much to the podcast and it's really easy to go there and just click I'm like a bird. But I actually felt really validated for a period of time and mm. it was very, very close. Like, that's the closest one we've done so far, isn't it, really?
1: It really, really, really was. We always want to hear your votes. We also want to know why you've chosen what you're choosing, so please do leave us a comment. Naughty00pod zero zero on Twitter, TNN pod on Facebook and Instagram and for a more detailed in-depth dive uh, you can send us an email or a voice note to naughty00pod at gmail.com Yes please um, and also if you could you'd be a,
0: a doll by leaving us a 5 star rating on Apple Podcasts and of course the main thing is tell somebody else about it spread the word
1: Yes, yes, yes next week we will have some very big names next week we're, we're finding it hard to sort of pick what where-, where to put things in the next couple of weeks we will have emma bunton janet jackson ronan keaton and one of your former series winners scott it's a big week it's a very big are you week. sure we want to do that
0: oh no well we don't get to choose when they were released you know what i mean but you know well, well do we no want
1: no it? no <laughs> no the, the question is scott can you handle this that's exactly girl i don't know what what's the words <laughs> liam can you handle this? I don't think you can handle it. it isn't this song, by the way? It's just—it's—it's it's one of their songs, It not this song? I'll, okay, I'll ask you a different question. Oh yeah, maybe. Um, Let's do that. Do, yeah, do that again with yeah. um, mm-hmm. Do can I survive this? All right. Can you can you survive this? I'm a survivor. There you go. Magic. Radio Gold. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna keep all that in. Oh, Shit.